This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the first two episodes of Secret Invasion on Disney Plus and Extraction 2 on Netflix. Plus, we have our new live action Superman, Geek Boner, who will and will not be at San Diego Comic-Con this year, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny reaction, and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, July 3rd, 2023. This is Norm MacDonald. And you're listening to the, uh, uh, hang on, I got it here. Uh, it says, the Jock and Nerd Podcast, known for their series of gay erotica found on Amazon, huh? No? That's not that? Oh. <laughs> well, I fucked that up, I guess. What's up, listener? How's it hanging? Thanks for pressing play. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And joining us is, uh, that's it, nobody. Lame. What? Yeah. Right. Hey, so here's what happened. Rugs got called away. On special assignment, he's going to be out for a few weeks, listener. Uh, apparently, what I was told, he disappeared. I got a message from him. He said he is in Romania, house-sitting for Andrew Tate while he's in prison. Oh, shit. It's quite, it's quite a gig. It's quite a special gig there. That's an interesting, uh, interesting excuse, because Andrew Tate's not in prison He's anymore. not in prison? Mm, no. I wonder what uh, <laughs> Rex is doing. He told me he took a shit in his Bugatti, and now it's a Bukaki. Oh, <laughs> floppy jock! Not funny. That's pretty funny. Of course, we that, always that's help good. Us. That would be good though if if Andrew that, that's Andrew Tate's not in prison. He's been out of prison. No, for but a while. he wasn't he over there trying to train uh, Elon Musk to fight Mark Zuckerberg in a cage or some Is shit. That what he's doing? That's what I read. I don't know what's. Coming. I don't think he's in prison. All right. Well, somebody needs to look after his plants, and Rugs is watering Andrew Tate's plants in Romania, so he'll be out for a few weeks. That's there a little bit of a jock talk right there, but Anthony, I have another before we start off the top. Some quick jock Uh-oh. talk. Oh my gosh, what uh, are you doing to yourself? Comments on this NASCAR race in Chicago, historic first time downtown Chicago NASCAR race. Lots of preparation, lots of street closures, and then the fucking thing almost doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a disaster weekend yes. in terms of all the stuff they had planned. Oh dear. Chicago just had a torrential downpour a wash- the entire weekend. Yes, uh, which washed away a lot of the events they were planning for. But uh, if for those that don't know, Chicago hosted a NASCAR race, and it was like I think the first time. I don't know if it was the first time ever. It was definitely the first time in a while that NASCAR's ever done a street, street race. Street race, right? And this was literally downtown Chicago. Uh, what did I think of it? I mean, I watched like five seconds of it, maybe, or maybe like thirty seconds to a minute of it. I mean, it seemed kind of cool. The the thing about I don't really follow street racing or racing at all, but the thing is, F NASCAR used to be the king in America, yeah. and then now F one be after the, during the pandemic, yeah, F one is huge. It became huge, especially after Netflix really uh, did the behind the scenes stuff on them or the drive to five, whatever the fuck the show was called. Those are those weird, the flatter, lower to the ground cars with the fins and shit. 
Yeah, those yeah. are like really expensive cars, yeah. and those are cars that are doing more street races type stuff. So yeah. F one has done been doing stuff in Austin. They started doing an annual race in Miami. They've done one. In, they're doing one in, in Vegas this year. So I think NASCAR is trying to get out of. They've been trying to get out of their um, image as this southern. Uh, urban right. or a southern rural yeah. vibe and try to be more hip so i think this was their attempt at doing that and do you think it succeeded was, oh i don't know I don't they, know they had events around <laughs> the city like in different parts neighborhoods where they were trying to get kids involved and stuff but i felt bad because there was like concerts with the chain smoker and all these bands and all that had to get canceled it mm-hmm. rained so hard so i watched a bunch of it it was pretty fucking fascinating all I know, I don't like racing, but all I know is I used to play Gran Turismo a lot. Uh, <laughs> everything I know from racing is from video games. So, you know, knowing the line and where you got to hit the turns and they're driving like Toyotas and Chevrolets, right? I wanted to see what top speed they were hitting. And it was really interesting during the qualifying when it was dry, the qualifying runs uh, and the one straight away, they got up to like 140 just for a second. And then decelerate way down real quick. The acceleration deceleration was amazing as they hit these. There's like 90 degree turns. It's a crazy. It was a crazy track. But then in the wet, nobody was going above like 75 miles an hour. And dude, everybody was sliding out, slamming into the tire barriers, the borders, massive like cluster of a a jam up bottleneck. It was so much fun to watch. Like if people just slip it out, hitting things. So I I never watched racing, but I had to watch that shit. It was like a video game. (laughs) Like, seeing Chicago in the background was fucking cool. Anyways, it's a three-year deal Lori Lightfoot does before leaving office as mayor. So they got two more chances. Hopefully, it don't rain. Maybe you check yeah, the weather the next NASCAR time. NASCAR ponied up $50 million to do Holy this. Holy shit. All right. All right. I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, some jock stuff. Now on to hey. the nerd stuff. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. All right. About racing and Andrew Tate cage fighting people. I <laughs> uh, got a couple of things in news. We have two uh, fun reviews, lots jam packed episode. Let's start with this. Oh my God. After months of rumors and speculation, it is official. We have a new Superman. Oh shit. Get the fuck out of here. Our fourth live action Superman only, James Gunn. After lots of screen testing pairs of actors for Clark and Lois has landed on David Corn Sweat and Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane. David Corn Sweat, of course, as your new Superman. Um, there were among six actors who were being tested, along with Nicholas Holt, Tom Brittany, uh, and Emma Mackey and Phoebe Den- Denevor in the running for Lois, so wow, wow. I mean, he announced the way it's weird that he just came out and announced this. Following this has been very interesting. Um, opening comment, we'll get into a little bit of the credentials of these two uh, and what they're about. But what do you know about these two? What do you, off the top, what do you think, Anthony? They both look nice, <laughs> they're both good looking people. Both good looking people. Um, I'm looking at your notes right here, they're both. Mid, I mean, in terms of their age, 29, David Corden, Sweat, yep. 32, Rachel Brosnahan. Yep. So kind of, I mean, not super young, just kind of, but not old, just in their prime. David Corden, Sweat, 6'4", that's good. He's American. It's not a British American. guy. They, he picked that's an cool. American. 
That's all I got. I don't know. Okay. I don't know shit about these hair. guys. Okay, so here, let me break down real quick. David Corn Sweat uh, does not have a huge set of credits, best known for or being... balls. No, I'm just kidding. Or <laughs> Pearl, a show called We Own the City. He was in The Politician. Uh, the uh, Something called House of... Oh, he was in House of Cards briefly. Oh. Uh, elementary uh, back in 2017. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, out of the two, definitely has more experience and Emmy wins. She's won uh, 14 Emmys and been nominated 26 times, of course, for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon is her biggest role. She was also in House of Cards. That's interesting. Hmm. Uh, she is Maisel. And I love Ruggs' first comment was like, we got sweaty corn and Miss Maisel for Superman. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. I think I thought James Gunn would pick someone out of someone weird. It is someone unknown, but it, apparently this was the internet favorite was David mm. Cornsweat. If you Google David Cornsweat, Henry Cavill, and look at the pictures of them side by side, uh, I would be hard pressed to pick which one is which. If you squint hard enough, David Cornsweat <laughs> looks just like Henry fucking Cavill. Do you see it at he all? Does, he does. No, he does. They they're. There is a resemblance there. There's a little no, bit I mean, of they don't a resemblance. Look, they don't look exactly alike, but right? they, they look alike. So I there's, think there's a little bit of... If you took a quick glance, you yep. might think it's one. Yep. One guy or the yep. other. Yep. It's that exact lookalike. So there's a, it's a little fun, interesting that he's like, I'm going to go with a guy that looks kind of like Henry Cavill just to keep things... I don't know. Changing <laughs> things up. Yeah, I mean, he's a good looking dude. He is good. Hopefully he can act or he can be directed and molded. And I think... Rachel Brosnahan will be there as kind of a little more veteran experience to help. She is great. I can absolutely see her being like the Margot Kidder, uh, Lois Lane, who is like gets into trouble, doesn't take no for an answer, goes after the stories, got a lot of balls. Like she's perfect for that. She's very great. She's great in Maisel. Um, so I'm happy with that one. Corn sweat. That's the thing. I don't. I don't know a lot about him. And I think Henry was also kind of an unknown and kind of skinny in his first. Uh, suit test. Henry was yeah, it? yeah. I saw pictures going around. People on Twitter are like, "If you're yelling about how skinny he is, look at this picture of Henry Cavill in this test of the suit." And he was all—he wasn't jacked that much at all. He was—he was very lanky. He was interesting. So they can bulk hmm. this guy up. Oh yeah, he did. He was kind of yeah, yeah. Look that. Look I don't know if these photo. are real photos or not. I don't but know. Yeah, he was a little lanky. I mean, now the fucking guy is huge. But I mean, superhero. Uh, Workout, they can afford it. Nutritionist, yeah. Welcome, welcome. So the only thing hanging thing. is how good corn sweat it's going to be, and um, what the script is. Apparently, the movie does, will take place in a world of existing superheroes. So, and this is a young Superman who's a beat reporter, I guess, still. And he said the authority that he's going to set up later will be in this movie, and the authority is like just another Suicide Squad. So he's doing Superman with the Suicide Squad in it, essentially. Oh really? Do you think? Oh, I don't. I me. I, I I don't know. I guess I have to take him at face value. I mean, he said this, and I I guessed that when he re- released the slate and he went over the authority, I was like, you know what? You could introduce them in Superman. They could be the bad guys. You think so? The, that's what he's doing. The authority is going to be in this movie. And wow, super- that's such an odd. But I guess. Yeah. And but he's doing an authority show or is it a movie? I think the authority is a movie. The, oh yeah, the authority will be a movie, right? Yeah, I guess so. It is. Yeah, yeah new DC movie. 
Man, okay, so we have he's still got a cast like there's rumor that Nicholas Holt might be cast as Lex Luthor still. I could see that. He'd be okay. Yeah, I could see that. Uh and he's gonna cast the others, but he's got a lot of work to, he's got a lot of damage to repair. You think this oh, is yeah, even gonna work? That's a thing. I, he's got so many there's just so much leaking water in this yes, DC this boat, boat. is sinking, has been sinking. And I just don't know if he's going to even be able to dock the boat in time to make a new boat. I mean, it's going to have to bring some James Gunn magic to make this special. I mean, if he can make an awesome Superman, I think that'll can and can help turn things around. But uh, it's a start. It's just not a good run, right? I mean, now yeah. not a good lead up right now yeah. with the Flash and Shazam and yeah, and Black Adam and you got. Black Beetle or Blue Beetle coming up, which I don't think anyone thinks looks all that great. And two more flops. Aquaman, Aquaman two looks yeah. like. I mean, James Wan. I also read he said Aquaman two is going to be standalone, doesn't really affect anything, which is smart, obviously. Mm-hmm. But man, I think they're looking at two more flops before the year is out. Maybe we'll see. Blue yeah. Beetle could surprise if it finds the right audience and they come out. And Aquaman, I don't know. That first movie made a billion dollars, and I still don't know why. Maybe Momoa is it's enough is he's enough to get people, but all there's so many this year and a lot of them are not doing well, uh, and yeah, it's very interesting. We'll see. We'll have to see. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not confident right yeah. now in yeah. in what they have coming out and it helping turn around anything. All right. Speaking of confidence, here's a follow up question, and it regards the confidence of one San Diego Comic Con convention. So James Gunn just he releases this last week when Comic-Con is coming later in July. Kind of odd timing. We're used to big announcements at the Comic-Con. Well, here's here's the thing. Comic-Con 2023. Here's who's out and who's in. Who is not coming and who is showing up. Here's who's out of Hall H and the whole Comic-Con this year. Marvel, Lucasfilm, Ooh. Disney, Netflix, Sony, Universal, HBO, and Paramount Plus. Oh shit. They're wow. out. Yeah. Here's who's in Paramount itself, Prime Video, Lionsgate, and Max. For a while, DC Isn't HBO and Max the same thing? Uh I, no, well, HBO would be more your HBO pro- premium cable uh. shows. I think Max would be the larger original shows on this combined merged gotcha. fucking thing so for a while uncertain up in the air was dc's decision dc comics was going to show up warner brothers dc uh they, they they had not said anything but now apparently if you believe james gunn's twitter who someone asked him are you coming to comic-con this year and he says i won't be there this year but probably next oh shit meaning if gunn's not there i don't think warner brothers is going to be at hall h as well do you think if i don't think so right wouldn't that make sense well, so, i think what's the problem is one i think paul h is a big investment for these studios and i don't know that they see a big return on it but two yeah yeah the thing you're going to touch upon later yeah is how can you really announce anything with this writer strike there's a writer strike update week 10 still on strike oh, it's been 10 weeks a little over two months <laughs> yes Yes, everything is being delayed. The boys season four uh, release date has been indeterminately pushed back. They didn't even give a new release date. They're just like when the writer's strike is over. <laughs> they couldn't yeah. even give you a date. Everything's on pause. Um, the SAG after a union actors union actually got their 
deadline extended to July 12th. So we will find out if they strike or if they take a deal, they got a little more time, but yeah, with all that going on, you really can't be do the showing in San Diego, which is in July, right? Late July. It's coming up. Yeah. It's late. Yeah. Late July. So let me ask you this, this year, is it the worst year to go or because no one's going to be there? You're not going to have to see all that shit or would it be the best year to go? Cause you don't have a lot of lines. The traffic is less. It's going to be more about the comic books. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it depends. That's all a matter of perspective. Right. So if you're, if you're one to go there for all the big debuts from in footage show screenings and, see celebrities maybe this isn't that the greatest year but if you're there as a pure comic book fan and want to be able to experience a bunch of things and not sit in line for a whole thing, day to get into hall yeah. h then this is your year oh so, like the old days like the old days as if you were about we're all about the old days i'm all about the old days <laughs> here's the thing this is still like a bucket list item for me but every year this conversation comes up like is comic-con done like is it even going to be able to continue. Like you said, all these people are out, they all have their own events. They have like DC fandom and D 23 and their own streaming services. It's so fabricated. It saves them money. Can you see it still being around in like 10 years, 20 years? Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll shape. find its place. Yeah. Right. When it's at its bottom, when nobody's going, that's when I'm going to, <laughs> that's going to be the first time across it off my fucking bucket list. <laughs> I still want to go, but every time I see the videos, there's so many people in lines. I'm just like, I don't know if I enjoy this. It's outside. There's sun. It's hot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, listener, let us know what you think. You can get joined in this conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. Lots of fun listeners hang out there and post all sorts of memes. There's spoiler threads for stuff coming out. It is closed exclusive group just for you. Get in there. Geek it up. Okay. First review of two time. We are going to be reviewing the first two episodes of Marvel's latest TV show on Disney Plus, Secret Invasion. Here's your spoiler alerts. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled. Um, this on Rotten Tomatoes, the show is at sixty three percent tomato meter. Uh, hmm. the average, the other score is 72% audience score, 6.6 6 out of 10. Of course, this show features the return of Sam Jackson as Nick Fury to earth. Also, you got Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, Colby Smulders as Maria Hill, Oscar winning Olivia Coleman as Sonia Fallsworth, Amelia Clark playing Gaia, Kingsley Benadier as Gravik. And uh, uh, cameos by Don Cheadle and Martin Freeman and lots of fun people. Great cast. Um, Anthony, how do you want to go over this? Give me your overall thoughts. I want us to put aside the conversation about the opening credits to the end because that got the opening credits that got people mad. I'll get into it. Oh, Oh. people were mad. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I want to know what you think about that later. Um. Give me your I didn't overall. even know there was anything with oh, the opening. Oh, there, there's a whole thing, my friend. It's fantastic. Great. <laughs> it's the internet being the internet. I think we should just talk about this episode, these as like a whole. Okay. So we're just talking about one and two, and if you want to reference one specific episode, you can, but All right. as a whole thus far. As a whole, two episodes titled Resurrection Promises. What did you think of the tone and where we're at so far? What happens? Give it a quick plot recap, actually. Yeah, so 
Fury has been called down to Earth after he's spent some time up on a space station for a while. And the reason he is being called down is it looks like um, Earth is in a powder keg sort of, sort of situation with the U.S. and Russia. And it looks like there's these terrorist attacks that seem inconspicuous at first and not connected. But they are all seemingly connected because the scrolls or a, a faction of the scrolls living on Earth has decided to set in motion a a way for humans to destroy each other because of the fact that they were promised by Nick Fury back in the 90s that Nick Fury and Captain Marvel would find them a home outside of Earth and they haven't delivered on that promise. Um, and if you don't remember who the scrolls are, they are the shape-shifting, shape-shifting aliens from Captain Marvel that were in war with the Kree and... Refugee aliens. Yeah, yep. refugees. This is kind of a sequel to Captain Marvel, essentially-ish. Right? It's the storyline picks up after seeing Nick Fury on Saber here and there, seeing him as a Skrull in that Spider-Man movie because he wasn't there. Uh, yeah, so solid setup, right? Rebellion, conspiracy theories. Uh, they're fed up. The terrorist plotline is a little bit similar to Winter Soldier and the Falcon. You also get some Captain oh, yeah, America Win- Winter Soldier vibes. Did you think were you getting that? Yeah, it, it, the the tone of the show is a bit more. I would say it's leans a lot more serious. I don't really actually. I didn't really laugh at all. I no, it's, laugh. Kind, it's <laughs> kind of refreshing after a couple of these funny shows: She Hulk, Miss Marvel. I mean, even Moon Knight had a little bit of humor, but now this is like serious spy thriller. I do love the tone mm-hmm. uh, and the whole, you know, when they set up like, what if scrolls are everywhere? You're going to be constantly questioning who's a fucking scroll mm-hmm. at, at any moment. That's great. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely a seriousness to this. And as you said, with the way the, the alien, the scrolls are, it lends itself to a lot of. Um, who do who can you trust type thing um so so far i guess we'll start by you know like do i like it yeah i, I i'm not i'm not over the moon about it but i'm not necessarily offended by it either i think it's a little bit of a slow burn yeah yeah which yeah. is not something we're used to with marvel yeah, shows yeah. we're kind of used to them starting hot and then kind of petering out yeah in the middle yeah and this one's a little bit of a slower burn i i kind of feel like it's what what's the it's it's kind of almost trying to be an Andor type show. I was gonna sense. say it's been. It reminded me of Andor. Andor I, is is amazing. I don't but know. Yeah, I think Andor is a, 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 at least notch or two above what yes, they're seeing. I, I will invasion. agree, but I do enjoy that they're taking their time. I do enjoy the slow burn. It's a different pace, different tone. So I've been digging it so far. I'm like, because they're ending with these crazy cliffhangers. Yeah, I mean, we can, you know, we can. We're gonna get into the highlights of the episodes. Do you want to go now, or do you want to hold? Yeah, off? let's let's do hi- quick highlights. So, first episode right away, Everett Ross meets this dude, and he tells him there's scrolls everywhere, and he takes his, he kills Ross, kills that dude, he runs, he gets killed, he calls Maria Hill for an extract, Ross dies, he was a fucking scroll. Oh shit! How long was he a scroll? What do you think? Is this a new scroll? Has been has he been a scroll this whole time? That's a great question. I didn't even think of him being a scroll this whole time, but I thought it was just uh he was a scroll in that moment because they were they were they someone needed was someone to them. But he had like Maria Hills, like he called her for an extract, like he was 
Everett Ross. He was trying to get out of there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was wild. Wild way to open it. I love Fury's returning to the planet in the shaft of light. It's fucking bad. Like an alien. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and he's not wearing a uh, an eye patch. He's vulnerable. Uh, I thought it was hilarious in the first episode. Three people tell him. I think the blip changed you, Fury. You're not who you were. They keep saying that that he's not the same guy. He he forgot about he forgot about his mission here with the scrolls. Yeah. So, do you think he's playing them? Do you think he's acting all weak and he's really he knows what he's doing? He's a step ahead because right now he doesn't seem to be a step ahead. Oh man, that's a good question. I that didn't cross my mind. I felt more like a. They're trying to get Fury's groove back, and he's not the same guy um, that he used to be, and that he needs to kind of take back the reins of what he's got. I mean, candidly, already throughout this first episode and then into the second, I know you're going through highlights, meaning you're just going to narrate everything. Don't do that, Imran. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a tough time. One of the things I'm already having a trouble with is I have a tough time sympathizing with Fury. With Fury. Huh, yeah, I feel like he's kind of screwed the scrolls. He over. did. He, ab- he abandoned them. It's, it's been, been thirty years. Yeah, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, thirty years of him looking for a home and not doing anything. I think that's the beauty of Gravik and that whole faction is you can kind of sympathize with them. Like, I mean, I get it. He promised you a thing. Nothing's happened. And even in the second episode, there's that great bit where he's telling them, "You help me out, protect this planet. I'll find you a new one." So he's been using them. As the shield agents, as his little lackeys to get shit done. Meanwhile, they got nothing, nothing in return. They still got to hide. They still got to look like humans. I'd be pissed mm-hmm. too. I'd be pissed. I think well, the a- thing is too is he we I was I don't know if this was in the second, it may have been the second episode or maybe the first. I don't remember. They, they're kind of blending together, but yeah. Nick Fury brought them into, yeah, like brought them into humanity as spies with yeah. the promise of getting them a home later it's his kind of fault that they're there well it's not his fault that they're there necessarily because talos invited them over right right. um but it's it's his fault in that he made a promise to them that he's not delivered on so far maybe maybe we'll learn why later that he wasn't able to deliver on it yeah what has he been doing jesus yeah he didn't call anyone. I love that they can live in abandoned nuclear power plants because the radiation isn't affecting that's fucking clever Mm because uh there's tons of those that's probably going to come into play. Uh, notice we have a President Ritson right now, and we know Harrison Ford's going to be President Ross. I wonder if that happens in this show. Oh, yeah. uh, I forgot about that. And what do you think about Rhodey kind of being the fucking government lackey here? And he's kind of a dick, but he also has some points. Yeah, I mean, it's a good use of Rhodey. It seems like a natural progression for that guy, for that character. Um, Olivia Coleman is amazing. We'll get into that second episode. What she does, she is like amazing actress uh, and adds a lot of weight. But then that first episode end, ends with uh, Gravik killing many, many innocent people with bombs, and then he shoots fucking Maria Hill. Oh shit! And it ends with her in, her, in Fury's arms as Fury. Yeah, I mean, he would cha- he was chasing around Gravik, and every time they'd turn a corner, it'd be a different person he was chasing. That was great. I love my, that. My question in that is they were trying to attempt to foil that explosion. Yeah. And it seemed like Gaia was on their side. Yeah. She was, but then she, 
She switched something out. She switched something out, or was she not on their side? Was she double crossing them? I was a little unclear what was happening. So there. yeah, the, I mean, there was the Mark Bags and the, both episodes. I'm not sure what side Gaia is actually on. Is she's just or she's playing both sides to see what's the best? It seems like she doesn't want Gravik to kill all these people, but she's helping him. But she also wants a place for her people, but she doesn't want to kill her dad. We find out his that uh, his wife died. Tell us, Soren. That was sad. Yeah, um, I guess <laughs> we didn't really know. <laughs> anyway, really know her. Yeah, so I, the Gaia thing is interesting. I don't know which way she's going. It's it's unclear. Uh, so the second episode I thought featured some amazing conversation, amazing oh. dialogue. Yeah. Well, Maria's dead. Maria Hill's dead. She's dead. So it starts so. right there. She's actually dead. She's dead. Yeah, I guess she's dead. I mean, oh shit, is she dead? You you, you never really know with Marvel. That being said. I thought it, it was a little bit out of left field that they killed Maria Hill. But then I thought about it more and I was going, well, they want the show to mean something. Yeah. And Maria Hill is, is a pretty solid character in the comics. They really haven't done anything with Maria Hill. Ever. No, and <laughs> On, is, th- is this her? Toby Smulders as Maria Hill has really just been kind of a flat character throughout this entire run. Is this her exit from the MCU? It's a little like inconspicuous exit. I, yeah. I really wouldn't didn't think they would... Just they just kill her on the first episode of a TV show. I know. So I thought that was, that was a little out of left field. I'm still, I'm still kind Is of she, in shock about that one. I don't know. Not, would, a, not even in like a man. I really love Maria Hill. I was just yeah. going, whoa, you know, interesting thing to do here. Well, yeah, I don't really know yeah. how I'm supposed to feel about this. That's a major character. He's often on this show. I was waiting for her to like turn into a scroll or something. Doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen. Um, uh, other highlights from the second episode. We already mentioned they do the flashback of like after Captain Marvel and he's recruited everyone. And there's that great scene where they all step forward and change into people one by one. Uh, and he wants them to help this planet. And then the conversation that he has with Talos on the train is also great. You can Talos's frustration. Absolutely justifiable. Where he's like, we were being hunted across the universe. And we find out there's one million fucking scrolls on the planet Earth. Oh, shit. He's like, out of your space lizard mind. So great. Well, I thought that was a I thought that was a decent conversation, although if if I could put on my rug boy hat here. Uh oh. All right. Oh boy. I'm putting on my hat. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna see. Yeah. Um why would they have if they're such good friends why did they have that conversation 30 years later i know why did it take why did so he long? hide that from him yeah why did talos hide tell, that? From uh, him? he plays tell me something i don't know after the long story he tells yeah, like wh- wh- why is this something why if you he- just talk about this now later yeah, well, exactly. not later excuse me yeah when it's happening yeah i don't know i guess the only reason i can think of is he's just he hide it from him because he knew nick fury wouldn't want a million scrolls on the planet that can shape million aliens that can shape shift on the planet but uh, yeah i don't nick, know and even nick is like you're telling me now i love his line. he goes there is not enough tolerance or on this planet or room on this planet for another species like people are bad so so that leads to like there are scrolls in the government there are scrolls already in power the Skrull Council votes Gravik to be their leader. Gravik, of course, sees himself as the hero. Yeah, so this is where they're doing the thing. In the comics, the Skrulls had infiltrated all the superheroes. But yeah, in this, yeah. they instead, the, the way they're doing this is they're spinning as they, the Skrulls have been involved in government for all this time. Or this, in, is the, this is the invasion. The military and yeah. all that kind of stuff. 
yes, heads of state and all those people at those meetings. They also kind of confirmed there's no official Avengers team currently. No Avengers. And they, and they kind of come up with a clever way to write out the Avengers where they say, if we get them involved, the scrolls will start to mimic them. And right. We, then there's going to be some real trouble there. Yes. And there is something in the comics called a super scroll, right? Yeah. The, the scroll that has all the powers of all the Avengers. And it looks like Gravik is building a super scroll. There's a scene where we see Gaia kind of snooping on the computer. And you see that they have DNA from Groot. They have DNA material from a frost beast from Jotunheim. They have DNA from Cole Obsidian. And they have extremists. He is going to make them all like super scrolls, probably, with all that shit. Well, yeah, they said later on that he's looking, making a machine to make them stronger. So that would give him like stretchy powers, ice powers, heat powers. Well, I think I think the thing is, it's at least my interpretation of it thus far is that they can mimic someone, but I don't think they have the powers of that person. Oh, interesting. We do also see how they like steal the memories and kidnap people and replace them. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then another fantastic conversation between Rhodey. And Nick Fury, which ends with Rhodey just fucking firing Nick Fury. And I, this is Nick Fury utters probably top five Nick Fury line of all time. When, he's, <laughs> when he says, when he goes, you're out. And he goes, I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm in. I was like, fuck yeah, that's badass. Geek boner. That's great. That's the best Nick Fury line I've heard in a long time. And he's got a lot of great ones. What, what about when the one where he says, uh, I think it's Iron Man 2. We some something about the, uh, here, wait, let me look it up real quick. Sir, I'm going to have you to exit the donut. Yeah, Tony when he's, Stark is yeah, sitting, he's in, the sitting in that donut. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's got some great lines, but even when I'm out, I'm in. But what's the thing in that conversation, man? The whole thing about talking about uh, black men and their power. And he's like, people like us don't get these jobs easily. And the two sides. Is Rhodey a fucking scroll, you think? The president is scroll. Like everyone could be a fucking scroll at this point. If there's a million, that's true. Yeah, you don't really know. So that I, I think that's part of the intrigue of the show is you don't really know who's talking to who. Um, yeah, I mean this is a very dialogue heavy show for sure. I love I love the writing in this episode, uh, and then we get another quick scene with Olivia Coleman torturing a dude, and she's um she's so good, like all chipper and smiley, and like. Oh, I'm fine. You guys can go. Oh, by the way, where's your escape hats? Just in case. Like she knew what was going to happen. And she well, I mean, said, she just. I love that she just goes and cuts that guy's finger yes, off to right confirm away. he's a scroll. Yes, and it's then like, just starts go. making his blood boil. Like yeah. this is definitely, um, in terms of tone, holy shit, a little bit different than what we're used to with these Marvel yeah. TV shows, which yeah. is a nice change up. Well, even it's a little bit violent. There's a little bit of blood. It's mm-hmm. it, it's a little more mature in the action, which I'm really enjoying. Olivia Coleman's great. So then, uh, yeah, Gravit kills his own dude. There's a one dude on there who's like, maybe you better calm down. Uh, it's fitting that Kingsley Benadir is playing this. He played Malcolm X in that movie, and Gravik is a little bit Malcolm X. It's a little bit, a little bit by any means necessary. We're gonna take take back what's ours, right? I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so he kills his own dude, and then the big uh, twist cliffhanger <laughs> at the end of this one. I don't understand at all. We see Nick Fury coming home. We see this scroll woman cooking. We see Nick Fury enter the house. She changes to a human and they embrace. This is his fucking wife. He, she reminds him to put his wedding ring back on. First of all, Nick Fury's been married this whole time. Second of all, does he know she's a fucking scroll? What is happening? 
No, I think he does. He does. See, he, he. I think he's that he's uniquely tied to this because he's, he's married, married to, to a scroll. Holy shit! Did we know he was married? He did. He would talk about his wife, but it was like in code. Remember in uh, Winter Soldier, they, when they're mm-hmm. bugged, he's having that kind of conversation with Chris with uh, Captain America, but he's using it as code. But fuck, he really had a wife. Yeah, right. So maybe that's part of it. Is the reason he doesn't want the scrolls to leave is because. He's married yeah. to one, but yeah. I don't know if that I don't know if that'd be enough reason to hold entire to renege on your entire promise. Well, to but there's good scrolls and bad scrolls also, which I find very interesting. So the good ones, you can absolutely help do stuff on the inside. You can use them, mm-hmm. uh, but you just you don't know, and you don't know if they can flip. We see a new scroll being rec- recruited into the group there. Uh, so uh, the, I don't know all of the dynamics so far. I've been digging, so I enjoyed these yeah, two episodes. You sound, it sounds you really, like you really enjoy it so far. It was great. It just it kind of like makes your head spin. You're like, what? What the fuck? Who's a scroll now? I love the tone. The, it's a, it's gritty. It's a little more mature. Yeah, I, I'm gonna kind of continue what I, in terms of what I said earlier. Is I'm a little, I'm lukewarm on it. I I like I like the change in tone. I think in in theory, I think there's a lot of good stuff here, and, we, and there's a lot of there's four more episodes to play out. Yeah, I think this would work better. I think if the scrolls weren't just a like somewhat of a in just in Captain Marvel. I know they've been in a couple other things here and there, but I don't really feel an intense relationship towards the scrolls. Like they've been here this whole time, even though they have. Yeah. So I, I'm having mm. trouble investing mm. in the scrolls' plight of being on yeah. in Earth for 30 years because we just haven't seen very much of their characters. So I'm a little. I'm, That's a good point. They've been around, you know. Yeah, and, and see, I mean, this is a different take on Secret Invasion. Yeah, Secret Invasion in the comics was more superhero based. This is a little different. We'll see how it plays out. I, I have to admit, the first episode I watched it, and I wasn't like dying to watch the second one. Yeah. Um. Uh, but you know, I think I don't know. I I think the pace is a little bit different, a little little jarring for me. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. I, I'm I'm not. I haven't. I don't think it's bad. I just don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know that I'm fully on board yet. It is. I mean, I don't have that immediate feeling on the Wednesday to be like, holy shit, I got to watch this right no. away. I'm I'm more like I'll get to this probably yeah, today. That, that, I think that's the same thing. I'm I'm feeling too. Is yeah. For instance, that debut week, I didn't watch the. I didn't watch the first episode until uh, this Wait, this yeah. past week. Me, I didn't watch that first episode until a few days later. This is a low low buzz, not a lot of buzz. No, it's not very a lot of interesting. Buzz. That screeners were sent out. There was some early reviews. A lot of people said it is a slow burn in the beginning. I don't know if people are burned out, but this is it's it's different. It's it's a change of pace from the last few. But not a lot of buzz. And there's a lot of shit on television coming out right now. Also, maybe you got buried. Let's see how it ends with four, only four more episodes. So in a month, it'll be done. And we can see how crazy it gets. Uh, okay, let's quickly, let's finish talking about the opening credits. Now, as a layperson, you said you had no idea what was going on. What, what did you think of the opening credits? How would you describe them? What did you think? It's like an animation type thing going on. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. a lot of green. It's green because of scrolls. That's it. Well, Nothing what, stuck what out. Else? No, what, what's going on? So the opening, I, I watched it the first time and then I skipped it. And the then you're gonna time. skip it every time. Yeah. The opening credits were made using AI image generating things. 
sense. Oh. Okay. So in, in a lot of ways, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, this kind of animation you you see, I've seen a lot and they purposely seem to have used an earlier version of the animation that didn't do faces. Well, it's, you know, it's grotesque. It's weird. It's shape shifty. I think it absolutely fits with the show. I kind of like some of the, it's like scroll cubism. Yeah, but I'm watching it. It looks, I like it. The, you know, the cubist kind of angles and, and shape scroll cubism is what the guy said. Uh, people got angry right away at the internet because there's a lot of artists out there who are anti AI art, pro human art. And mm. a lot of people who also may not know what they're talking about at the moment, jumping on this boo AI, don't use it bad. It's replacing artists. When the, the fact of the matter is it's, it kind of takes artists to create this still. It takes art directors. It takes coders. You still need people to you got to prompt the thing you got to type in words to and continue to keep regenerating to get close to what you want and then put it together in 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 an animation so i know i talked to rugs in the discord he said it looked ugly and grotesque but i think it's purposely ugly like it makes yeah. sense the last shot of that eye the close up the weird way everything's kind of jittery and it shifts and the shot of nick fury where he just looks distorted and weird like it absolutely fits this tone of this spy scroll shape shifting thriller so i think that hate was just a little bit blown out of proportion i get it though i get it when this shit started i was also anti boob anti ai robots that taking out jobs as an artist as a creative <laughs> but the more i used it i'm like fuck dude this shit ain't going anywhere and it's kind of amazing and i need to learn how to use this because here's the line ai won't take over your job a person who knows how to use ai will take over your job there's your line that's what's gonna happen that's all you gotta remember so used as a tool i don't see anything wrong with it i did it, it fits the show that's my take but people whoa people were mad Oh, would they? I had no idea. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, then again, I'm not on the internet like that. So all over Twitter, people were just like, "Fuck this show!" Use AI really? for the wow. beginning. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So maybe that also, maybe it hurt uh, the viewers and people checking it out. But and the thing is, it's a trendy kind of thing right now. They jumped on the trend. It tied into the fucking motif. I don't see the problem. Rugs doesn't. Yeah, like I don't it. see a problem. Whatever. Rugs is not here. Not Rugs funny. Is not here. I'm gonna say it's great. Okay. Otherwise, he would be on and he'd be like, that's an accurate portrayal, right? That's, oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty close. Here's Ruck right now. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's not that great. I've seen better. <laughs> I really don't give a shit. He'd be like, fuck that show. I don't know what he thinks. We'll find out when he gets back from <laughs> Romania. How sitting for Andrew Tate. <laughs> In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break here, play some promos, and come back and review a new Netflix action movie right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post-credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? 
or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were. Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Listener, if you enjoy this show, it is a great time to join our awesome Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! And you can give back on a monthly or annual basis and get stuff. There's a bunch of tiers with benefits. There is an exclusive podcast feed that where the shows go out early. There is bonus content, instant reactions. Uh, spoiler for later in the show. Guess what I saw? What did in, you see? Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, we'll shit. We'll have to get your thoughts later. So I put up a quick kind of reaction review on patreon because we are not going to be reviewing it on the show more about that later okay uh you also get discord benefits where you can hang out uh uh, every month on our discord server and geek out uh july's discord will be july 20th 8 p.m and you can also pick any movie for us to watch and review lots of fun stuff over on the patreon over there (laughs) sign up click it do it today Okay, second. Love a like, good Patreon. I love a good Patreon. Don't Patreon us, me. Patronus. It's like a Harry Potter thing. Uh, second big review. We are taking a look at the Netflix actioner Extraction Two. Right now, here's your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. Did you know this was all based on a graphic novel called Ciudad? No, I didn't. Actually. Meaning city, and it's and it was written by Andy meaning Parks. City. Yes, ciudad, ciudad. But yes. uh, written by uh, Andy Parks, Joe Russo, Anthony Russo, Fernando Leon Gonzalez, and Eric Skillman. I had no idea. No, I had no idea. I, I did see that yesterday when I was looking at Wikipedia. But Ooh, I want to I want to lo- look that up. And it's also a sequel to 2020's Extraction. 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 It's a distraction. This extraction. He does not say that in the movie, by the way. No. On Rotten Tomatoes, uh, this movie's sitting at 79% tomato meter, 6.6 out of 10, 86% audience score, starring, of course, well, Thor and Heimdall. They're they're both there. This is true, yes. It's an action movie, uh, Thor and Heimdall, directed by Sam Hargrave. Now, Sam Hargrave has an amazing backstory. He was Chris Evans' Captain America double for like 15 years then he went on to be stunt coordinator on the captain america movies and now the russo brothers who wrote this uh are now helping him take his action level actioning to another level so this guy's a stunt guy stunt coordinator turned director did the first movie did the second movie like i said chris hemsworth as tyler rake coming back goal uh, oh boy there's a lot of names here goal shifte farahani playing Nick, Adam Basa playing Yaz, and then, oh, these names, good luck. A lot of Georgian names. I they're, don't even yeah, think you should try because you're going to butcher the, them. the country, not the state. They're playing Georgian yes. terrorists. Tornike Godricciani. Uh, that's yep. just one. I'm going to stop uh, there. You, you, got, you, you can't. You're not going to be able and to And Idris Alba uh, in a small cameo. Thor and Heimdall. Yeah. 
Uh, so, but returning is the first three, obviously. Chris Hemsworth uh, and then Nick and Yaz. Anthony, catch us yes. up. Where did the first movie end? Where does this one start? What happens? So I got to be honest. I, I forgot how it, a lot of I forgot how the, this plot of the first movie. So I, I did. For, I forget the plot. Wikipedia weird. Okay. Read. Excuse yeah. me. Not weird. It yeah. is kind of weird. You're kind of weird. I am. Loser. Weird. <laughs> um, well, the end of the first one, he had saved this kid from uh, saved a rich kid's kid from another gang attacking them. And he had uh, got shot in the neck, and he fell into the river. Fell off a bridge in the river in Bangladesh. In Bangladesh, your home country. Yeah, and yeah, presumed dead. That, that's where you're from, it's right? It's not my home country. It used I to be Pakistan. born in downtown Chicago, fucker. <laughs> uh, Pakistan <laughs> is my nationality. Was it Bangladesh at used one to be point part of e- Pakistan? East Pakistan, correct. That's right. See, I know. Yeah, he uh, was presumed dead. But was found in the river, washed up on a river shore, alive. They rehabbed him back, and they decided, "Hey, you're gonna sit in a con- you're gonna sit in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, and you're gonna live a peaceful life. Oh, enjoy your life. It sounds lovely." But uh, this uh, Heimdall guy comes around and says, "Hey, I got a something to get you back in the world, back in the game, baby." And he's looking for that juice, and it involves uh, one of his ex family members. So he's in. He's <laughs> he's decided I'm going to back in and I'm gonna try to rescue this lady and and who's his sister is his wife's sister ex wife sister, sister and family and their kids yeah. from prison because they're locked up in prison with their abusive husband slash dad who's part of this uh, gang in Georgia this syndicate in Georgia called yeah. the Nagazi and yeah. they're bad people and you got to go into jail and get them out and get them away from these bad people. That's that's the extracting principle of this story. He's like, I will extract again. What do you need? Vanilla? I'll give you vanilla extract. Ooh, well, nothing Whatever. like a good vanilla extract. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> needs extraction. I'm distraction. Yeah, the setup happens in like the first 20, 30 minutes. You get a great uh, montage of bringing back to life. You get a great training montage. Did you like the training montage? He's getting it was back all right. Shape, yes. right? It's okay. <laughs> and we're right into the extraction. Mm-hmm. In the Georgian prison, and uh, overall, Anthony, what'd you what'd you what'd you think once this movie ended? Oh man, I was I was smiling from ear to ear watching this movie. Oh, nice. There was lots of moments where I was going, oh, oh, yeah, oh no, oh, oh fuck, oh shit, yeah, um, yeah. Rugboy messaged us this, and I completely agree that especially that prison extraction. Oh, we're scene, gonna go which is this whole scene. Maybe twenty-one minutes. Yes, I think. one take, a oneer, a twenty-one one minute taker. One-er. I mean, it is. It feels like you're watching the best parts of a yeah. Call of Duty video yeah. game cut set cut you're, scene, and like being in in it almost yes, like you're playing you, it. You feel like you're there with them, running around, hiding, ducking. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, this movie is, and then although the action doesn't get to that level again, right. it stays pretty good throughout the rest of the movie. I think they blew their load with that scene, but it is an Absolutely. awesome scene. Absolutely. And um, you know, this, the plot itself is okay. The the, the teenage boy is, a, is really fucking annoying. I mean, <laughs> they but, always are. <laughs> but overall, I think this is a, a step above the first one, and, and golly, um, like Sam Hargrave can fucking direct action. Dude. And Chris Dude. Hemsworth is very believable in the role, role, and it and it takes all the things that we talked about in the last tournament with yep. 
You can certainly see the raid influence. You can see the John Wick influence. Even Ungbok is in here. Who? Ungbok. There's the two things that are like Ungbok in here. Okay. I mean, there, there. Let me. There's so many things that they're doing well. I mean, the prison escape scene is almost like the raid two. Like, I don't. I don't say. I won't say that they're doing anything better than those movies, but they're doing them really well, and it's really fucking entertaining to watch. And yeah, by the end of this movie, I was like. This is awesome. This was great. I loved it. It is a fun watch. Uh, Sam Hargrave definitely uh, stepping up as one of the better action directors. And even Hemsworth cementing himself as an action star. You see him doing a lot of the stunts, doing a lot of the things. He's invested. He's involved. I think this is one of the better. Like the Russo brothers have branched off and taken Marvel uh, actors and done these movies here and there to differing degrees of success. This is one of their better outside collaboration things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the the you know the plot needed to be what it was to to get it moving. Get and it's 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 very simple. Three big action scenes, really. You got that oneer. You got the building, uh, and then you got the final showdown. The building building in Vienna, and then the the final in the like which random is, forest. It's a very uh perfect foundation for an action movie, right? With the last one is always one on one with the guy. Also reminded me of the end of Was that Ungbok where he's cutting the heads off the uh the fucking things, the Buddhas? Yeah. Yeah. yeah a yeah. little bit where he like faces off against the last guy. But fuck, I had a good time. I watched that one or several times. Oh, it's so good. And so let's just get into that. This is yeah. That, I mean, this this scene is the what this movie rests on. Yeah, and it is it's damn good. So Sam Hargrave gave us a twelve minute oneer in the first movie, and if this is his thing, if this is going to be his signature with these extraction movies, I'm all in, dude. Make it bigger and bigger every time. Like this is clearly the best. It's the highlight. It's the peak of the movie. This 21-minute wonder goes from a prison brawl to a car chase to a train and helicopter fucking scene. There is amazing, largely practical stunts, and it was shot over months and stitched together, seamed together to make it presented. Because I was like, there's no way they shot this fucking no, thing. No, no way. The amount of, uh, of organization and choreography and timing it would take to do this whole thing, I was like, this is crazy. But the fact that they shot it over months and you can't really tell, it seemed it's amazing. It's amazing. So yeah, it is. I mean, the, just going from getting them out of jail to the alarm going off to them fighting them out of jail to then them going outside and then fighting everyone through the courtyard with everyone's fighting each other and that was very much like the raid where That's everyone's like fighting the raid. each other he is on fire at one point oh like, yeah he, like he's Ong on fire and, and he's punching they get in the cars and it's a car chase and then it's on a train and it's freaking helicopter i mean dude I, I mean i just kept going i i forgot that it was a one take scene. yes i was, like, I was literally going going oh my god this is I, I just kept ramping up and i was going it's this is awesome this is going. awesome this is I, awesome and then I, and then i thought back i was like wait a minute they didn't cut they did not cut once <laughs> i mean and they stitched obviously they yeah, stitched it together cleverly, but really well done really well it, it, it really felt like you were playing a video game yeah in but in the best way possible not like oh this looks like a video game more like it felt like you were playing a one person rpg video game i mean you have different weapons and vehicles and hand-to-hand combat i love in the prison brawl where he's fighting and then all of a sudden he gets bonked on the head and the camera stops a little bit the camera suddenly is connected to him like Mm -hmm. from going free form like you're there it's locks onto him 
And you're just kind of, and you get the feeling of you're in a daze and then seamlessly pulls out again and gets free. And I was like, holy shit, that's wild. That is so well done. I love that mm-hmm. little detail. Uh, the car chase. Remember we talked in the raid two that camera went in the camera, in the car and then out. And mm-hmm. then uh, it, he does, he's pretty much shot it. I watched behind the scenes of this whole fucking wonder. He does it the same way. Sam Hargrave actually held the camera a lot in all of this. He'll be inside the car. This camera goes outside the car, goes around, goes in and out several times. It comes, and then the way the car chase ends, it comes out of a hole, a bullet hole from Tyler's camera, and then his fucking car gets hit and turns sideways, and it's still a one take, and you see, like, the way they seem that stunt with that, a lot of it, the cars are exploding, there's practical explosives in a lot of these, and then the train dude the fucking train. There's a Gatling gun. There's rocket-powered grenades. The helicopters. This is what Hargrave said was the hardest shot, and this was him. That helicopter that landed on the train and the five people jump out, right? Mm-hmm. You'll notice the camera. He's walking underneath. It's all real. That happened on a 40-mile-an-hour moving train. All practical. He's walking under with the downdraft of a helicopter that's landing and comes in front, and they jump off. Those actors weren't tethered to anything. They could have fallen and fucking killed themselves. All practical, real fucking shot, and then the thing takes off. And then the train derailing at the end, and you're inside, and you're flipping. Oh, Yeah, you see them flip over, and just... I mean, it was just, it was just thrilling in terms of action. It does not get any better than that. That That, that was, that was amazing. That was on par with anything you'll see in terms of John Wick or the raid. I know I wouldn't say like the raid is a bit more visceral in terms of the hand to hand combat's a lot more emphasized Yeah, in John Wick. I think is a little bit more stylized. Yeah. But. I think it's it's just as good. I mean, it, it's almost there. If not, if not there, if it's just if we hadn't seen those things, I think we'd right. be like, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I love it's still it's gritty. It's grounded. I love the fact that Sam is there working the camera himself. Mm-hmm. He knows what he wants. He knows the kind of like with working around stunts and things. And there are still probably long takes of this that they filmed. Like if they fucked up, they yeah, have to go back. I, to I don't one. know. Like. The movie magic in that was just, I don't, I, I was like, how do they do this? Yes. Yeah, so how the fuck good. did he think about this? And how did he think about where the cameras were going to be going yes. each time? I, I really got to say, we're in an, an age of where Bilotti touched on this in terms of, but I, in terms of um, where we're at in action films. But I think we're in a really good age in terms of like these directors know yeah. Yeah. how to direct action. Yeah. I know. Bilotti, this is where I kind of disagree with Bilotti. Like, I think he was a little sour on the direction of action movies. Mm, I, mm. I'm completely opposite. Mm-hmm. I think it's fucking amazing right now. Not only that, the the direction and the stunt uh, choreography and the right. stunt actors and the fight choreography. I mean, think of like the cool John Wick shit they gave us. The top down, mm-hmm. all these crazy shots. This thing uh, it's just this it's thing was just, it was just insane with with the amount of different because we've seen one takes before. Yeah, yeah. Now it's you know now it's it's fairly common. Yeah. You know you see it in Atomic Blonde. You see it in the Raid. You yeah. see it in um in a freaking half of those movies uh, we talked about last week had one. Yeah, takes. Protector. You know you yeah. see it, but yeah. the the fact that this one was going from inside to yeah. outside yep. to car to yep. train yep. to on top the train yep. to like in the train. Oh. Yeah, with helicopters and I mean it was just Lock insane. 
the you got you know you got your great close quarters fighting where he's right on them and he's just shooting them with a handgun, very John mm-hmm. Wick raid style. Yep. But then you have crazy RPGs and helicopters. Well, holy shit, dude! It is a work of art. Like, yeah, it was great. It's it it topped. And we thought in the first one the yeah, uh, yeah. one taken the car was great, but yeah. this one it just blew it absolutely that shit out of the yeah. way. That first one it was in the car, and then it goes in the building, and then it goes out the building and up and in the mm-hmm. other building. Like that's all very good when they're running around, but this is on another level. I like mean, I don't once they once once the train got involved, yes. I was like, holy like, fuck. fuck! I'm like, this is still fucking going. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? Look at these helicopters. And, Jesus. and then the dudes get in the and the dudes jump on the train and they like breach the side yeah, and you see yeah. them jump in yeah and it just was like this is like a video game yeah it is yeah it's like call it was amazing it was amazing i mean the action scene later with them attacking the the building in vienna was also really solid i enjoyed that one's pretty good that one's pretty good it's not as good obviously yeah but i liked the drama of them fighting on top of the glass and yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah you got the rooftop thing and her sliding and he's hanging there and he shoots his hand and they got a fight up there mm-hmm. uh, i think the one one of the things this movie a little bit suffers from is it doesn't get as good as that first scene or that first action scene. Yeah. But yeah. I also think the villain is not as Im- not that imposing. Yeah. And this that's won't probably stop. because Chris Hemsworth is just a giant dude. <laughs> but yeah. um, I just didn't feel believably like he would take he could take him on hand to hand and obviously he couldn't. Yeah. Oh, going back to that one more thing on that fucking uh one prison break scene there were plenty of moments where i went oh yeah but one of them when he's when they was is when he fucking tears that dude's hand in half oh he rips it yeah he rips rips it in half yeah and they cut to it his hand is like like a part yeah oh my god i love that she had a shovel too and she's fucking taking people out yeah. Uh, the uh, that the moment I did that in that one was when he fucking pummels the guy in the face with the the dumbbell. Oh and yeah, yeah. Do you notice all the gym equipment that they use to fucking kill and maim people, especially the, in the, the building? The dumbbell was a, was a brutal one. The dumbbell there, into the face. There were plenty of ones too where they did this thing, and I've seen this in the raid and other movies. But every time I went, oh, is when they'd stick the knife in someone. Oh yeah, and then they drag it up their leg. Yeah, or like yeah. their arm, and I'm like, oh, yeah. a lot of stabbing of limbs. Did uh, they um at one point I forget who, who they grind someone's face into glass? Uh no he when he when he kills the guy's dad when he kills the dad of the couple he like presses it against the hot furnace yeah, maybe yeah. does the glass too yeah I think there's one where they grind someone's face against glass I mean there's all cla- there's so much action fight choreography in here classic so, stunts so good it's so, it's so well good done. is there, uh, is what is there anything you d- you didn't like? I mean, uh, the teenage boy. The kid's a little annoying. I was pissed that he fucking he, he's dumb and he called them. I love right. that line when the bad guy's like, "Well, if you wanted her alive, you should have called us." I was like, yeah. "You fucking idiot! What are you doing? Why are you believing these fuckers?" But they're trying to get him. Uh, so that was a little annoying. Like, why? You know, but it sets up the action scene. They find him. They can't hide from him. Yeah, I, I was looking on Letterboxd, and Letterboxd liked it, but a lot of people were commenting how. Um, the dialogue wasn't that great and the Russos can't write a great plot and how the, can, the rest of the people were boring. I mean, I'll tell you what though, I got invested. I loved Nick and Yaz, brother, sister team yeah. or their handlers. I did not want either of them to die. And I was really sad when fucking, I, Yaz, agree. I, I like Nick and Yaz. I don't even great. remember that they were I, in the first barely, movie. Me neither, <laughs> but apparently they were, and they were, I like Nick and Yaz. I was even invested in the, 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 uh, the sister-in-law's plight and all that shit. Mm-mm. So I, I was 
over the moon about mostly everything. I, I, and I, and I was like, Chris Hemsworth with this and now being Thor has established himself as as a pretty solid action star. And it's another movie where same thing happened in Secret Evasion. He kills his second in command uh, for kind of dissenting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. fucking thing. So yeah, you got that. You got, I lo- also love whenever they do the elevator grenade fucking trick like the doors open oh, and there's yeah, a grenade yeah. there uh that was good good so they get away yes dies but then the guy's like i i uh, a final confrontation at this airfield and i love tyler going in by himself with a fucking grenade launcher just blowing shit up i, I, I loved i don't <laughs> know why right. i loved it so much but maybe because it's the, the obvious thing to do but mostly a lot of those in in the action movies You'll the bad guy will escape and they have to like jump on a plane or yeah. you know, chase him. But yeah. he just like goes in and blows up the plane. He's and like, cars. fuck this. I'm He's going like, you're in. never escaping yeah. this. This is very typical end of like a lot of these action movies, right? Like the bad guy tries to have the kid shoot Tyler. Yeah. Uh, and then they yeah, got a little cliche. Then yeah. they got a brawl. And also they do a great job with using the environment as weapons, whatever's around. Yeah, he throws hammers, nails at him, and then nails Tyler him. Nail, puts nails into his like leg as yeah, he's yeah. They start fucking stabbing the shit out of him. I, I, lo- I loved when they're both laying next to mm-hmm. each other, and he's like, "I'll never stop coming and for you." And he just casually shoots him in the head. He's like, "I need to lie as down." Laying down yeah, next he's to each just other, like blam. <laughs> I need a rest after that. You do get that. You feel exhausted, like he went through a bunch of shit. Like it does, kind of not as oh, yeah. much as like a John Wick, right? Well, yeah, he didn't go as. I mean, he didn't fall down a hundred and fifty thousand yeah. stairs like <laughs> three John times. Lake, but yeah, but, but you know, it, he went through some shit for sure. And then where does it end? You they make you think Nick also dies, but it turns out she survives, and they are both in a prison. In where are they? Are they in Georgia? Yeah, I think they're, they're in a no, no, not in Georgia. I think they're in an Australian Austrian prison. Oh, they're in Austrian prison. I think. I'm not 100%. And uh, Andrew Salba shows up again. He goes, want to get out? I got another job for you. And there's going to be. So they don't kill him this time. It's interesting. Like the last one, there will be a third movie. I'm assuming. Way, Gotta be, right? I think they've already greenlit a third one. You know what? You can make fucking 12 of these. Yes. Make, make as many of these as possible. I want uh, next. I want a 36 minute one or Sam Hargrave. Can you give me that? <laughs> Just make the one. But I do feel like the one should be the fucking climax of the movie. Yeah, that 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 would be the only thing is I think would be you're great. right. I think what they need to do is they're blowing their load by doing these in the middle, and I think it would if they could end on that note. You if if imagine this movie ends on that, I oh would have just God. fucking. I I think I would have keeled just over and just and just just pull the bokaki all over myself yes. like millions of times. It's not just even been, the middle. It's like the first like 25, 30 minutes. It's the it's very soon, and it's the first big scene. Oh, I know. When that when that ended and they finally like let up, I paused the movie and I went. Oh my god! There's really like an hour and a half yes. left in this movie, or like there's like an hour left in this movie. I did feel it was after the building scene. I was like, wait, there's fucking, there's still a bunch of, there's like a half an yeah, hour when, left. When they were when they were coming towards the He's building and the helicopters, I was yeah. like, oh, this is the climax, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> and they get away, and I'm like, wait, that guy's still alive. There's still half an hour left. What the fuck? <laughs> so maybe a little clunky ending, rush to the whatever. But you get a little bit of time with his ex-wife, and you get the resolution of him and his son, and how he thought. He walked away from his dying son, but she's like, no, she saw he saw you walking away as a hero going to Afghanistan. Yeah, they're they're trying to add a little more heart to it, and it's okay. It works. The movie rests completely on the shoulders of the direction of action, and it is 
I mean, these directors, man. I wrote this down. I literally wrote down these directors, man. (laughs) (laughs) Because you got like, I mean, Sam Hargrave is up there now, in my opinion, with with Stahelski Stahelski and Leach. David Leach. And and McQuarrie does it differently. But, you know, in terms of action directors, like these guys are all doing it. Absolutely. It is. It's fucking amazing. I, 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 these are, these, anybody, Bilotti, anybody Mm. that's like, oh man, the 80s is for sure. It just, it was just better. It's, it's, Ah. it's objectively not. Ah. I mean, they're, they're they're different. I mean, the eras are completely different. So you can't really, they're not apples to apples, but to not appreciate this, I think, is you're doing yourself a disservice. This is top notch action directing. McQuarrie, man, he can set up those stunts. You know how much fucking coordination that takes to pull off crazy tom cruise stunts and he does it and it makes it look i can't wait for that movie yeah um, i'm looking up right now the best action movie directors right now oh what list let's see who comes up on the list what, what i'm telling this? you it's gonna be all those people who else Ten be directors that are rule i'm just pulling up collider okay David leach okay oh they're saying the russo brothers interesting well yeah Anyhow. yeah helski yeah mccory yeah Oh, they're saying Justin Lin. Okay, for fast. Gareth Evans. Oh, yeah. Oh, this one. Gina Prince Blythewood. Oh, Blythewood. Yeah. What What did she do? She did a Marvel movie. It's the Secret Life of Bees and Love and Basketball. Oh, interesting. Well, the early, she, she was going to do a Marvel thing. Oh, she did uh, Old Guard. And oh, then the Woman King. Charlize Theron. And she did Woman King. Oh, I heard the action, and that is good. I still have to watch that. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Michael Bay. Eh. Matthew Vaughn. Your boy Kingsman. Uh, what's he doing? Guy Ritchie. Uh, Guy Ritchie's got a new movie coming out, I think. Uh, so that 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 Collider had that of, as of 2022. No, Sam Hargrave. Uh, okay, you got to add. Well, Sam that was Hargrave. 2022. Yeah, you got to add Sam Hargrave. You got to add Sam Hargrave. Yeah. But here's my uh, uh, the two Ungbok things I noticed. Uh, okay. Tyler Rake on fire punching. Yeah, because right, Tony Jaw does it with his legs. With his fire. legs, and then did you notice Tyler Rake blocking a saw with his forearms? Tell me, this is a direct oh, yeah. tribute. It has to be a direct nod to that scene in Ungbok. He has both of his forearms up. The guy's coming at him with the fucking saw. I forgot about that. I that was another scene where I went, oh yeah, and I was like Ungbok, Ungbok. <laughs> that was in Ungbok. Oh yeah, no, I was I was in pain. Yeah, no, it was. It's very. I, I love a good action movie that makes me go, oh, oh. Yeah, you want like, an action movie to make you go, oof, oh, shit, yeah, ow. Like, I yeah, can't watch wow. this. You want to you want to react in pain, but not like in horror. Yeah, it's different than a horror scene. You want to yeah. react like, oh shit! Like you know what that feels like, and it don't feel good. <laughs> but it's it happens so fast, and they're yeah. moving on to the next thing. Yes. That's the best part. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Can Hemsworth and Hargrave make Tyler Rake a thing, like yeah. a household name? I know they're it, trying. It's hard to gauge because I don't know what the Netflix like yeah. it being yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. But maybe this is the appropriate place for it. I don't know. I I hope they do because this fuck man. I mean, pound for pound, these two movies are they they can go up against anything. Like they're they're good. They're fucking solid ass action movies. If you like fucking action, these are good action movies. Even borderline great at some point. I would this have made the tournament. Oh yes, this was. Oh, shit. This one would have oh, taken shit. Extraction's place for sure. And I sure. think could have it could have had a nice run. The only, I, the only thing that's going against it is it's not necessarily the most revolutionary thing right, in terms of plot. Right. But, I mean, the action is fucking insane. And if you look at, like, the movies that did make it, it's not like 
It's not like these are super plot heavy films. <laughs> the ones that made it to the final four. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's all you know, about like the, the raid and John yeah. Wick Chapter Four. Yeah, Are you really watching those for the plot? No, those were the finalists. Yeah, <laughs> even Mad Max, the plot was simple: drive to the end, and then they got to drive yeah, back. Yeah, Mad Max was, was just a, a visual yeah. masterpiece, and yeah. you know, or you even look at Fallout's a plot, kind of a plot. Yes, movie. that yeah, but yeah. you know, like it's fucking action, man. I wouldn't classify this movie as like turn your brain off action. Yeah, where you're like, this is stupid. Right, this is like just intense action well done you can follow I mean, everything by the, by the end of the movie i was like what other action movies are there i want to yeah, watch some more yeah, shit. it does it does it makes me want to watch action movies yeah. absolutely yeah it man, was great you can follow all the action it's it's super it's just amazing what he did okay final thoughts let's give it a rating what are you gonna say oh man oh man i know it's hard i'm gonna change my so on after I watched the movie, I was flipping back and forth between four out of five or four and a half out of five uh-huh. on on Letterbox. And, and I now was at I was at four out of five, out of five, which would make that an eight out of ten. But I just flipped it. Oh, we're going four point five out of five, which means that's a nine out oh, of ten. Shit. Oh shit! Oh shit! I loved this movie. I it, I I like I told you before, and I'll say it again. I was grinning ear to ear watching yeah, this fucking yeah. thing. I was white knuckle riveted pain out loud yelling i mean fuck man that was awesome better than the first one for you oh yeah better than way much better characters aren't as annoying and just i mean just better action i mean even better action just fuck yeah that was so good that was very good i have no problem i would say look you owe it to yourself listener to watch that one or this is a fucking uh, a master class in doing a one-hour action scene the way he's done this. It's absolutely... It is the peak of the movie, and it's in the beginning, but it's absolutely worth watching the whole thing for this. I got no problem. I'll give it a nine as well. Fuck. I think it's... A, I also think it's a little bit better than the first one. Um, and, How far uh, do you think it would have gone in the tournament? Oh, fuck, man. I mean, I think it would have gone... What did Extraction go up against? It would have gone as far as Extraction so let, yeah, let, went. If, if we play a... Extra, it went up against Born Ultimatum. It's definitely better than Born yes, Ultimatum. Yes, yes. Extraction It went bad. up against uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, shit. And then, then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, more influential. This one obviously just came out, so you can't really... I just would have yeah. picked Extraction 2. Fuck. So oh, then it would have went up against the raid. <laughs> oh, man. That would have been a fun match. That so been we'll just kind of leave it there. Yeah. Oh, shit. It could have. I mean, uh, the raid. This movie doesn't happen without the raid. But yeah, right, golly. right, 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 right. The raid one, the raid one. Yeah, but fuck, man, Sam Hargrave, keep keep doing it. And uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, I hopefully, he's making trying to make this a thing. Hopefully, he gets some other opportunities to do some other shit. Or maybe this is all he wants to do. I don't know. But he, he is, he is a fucking good action. And director. I mean, maybe use Idris Elba. What the fuck is he doing in this movie? Just for like two two minutes in the top and the bo- at the bottom. I don't understand. Uh, I th- I f- you know what I think happened is I think, buddies. I think well no I think they spent most of their money on Chris Hemsworth and directing oh. these action scenes and they oh. were like we can we fill get? it up with cheap actors actors yes. and actresses from Georgia the country you, oh yeah but we got just enough to squeeze in Idris Elba for well, about three let's, minutes let's get an Idris Elba in there how much money we got we how got much about, left what do we got left we got about a three minute Idris left what if we think? pool all our money together and we can <laughs> probably get Idris Elba for about 45 seconds <laughs> Done. Make it happen. Wait, pull, uh, empty your piggy bank. Okay, yeah. we got him for fifty. Seconds. I was just like, it was so funny. I was like, the fuck are you doing in this movie? Just coming up, and be like, I. He didn't. They even tell him his name. 
No. He's like, uh, I got a job for you. you well, when he came in name. the first time, I paused it and I looked at Wikipedia. I was like, was he in the first movie? No. <laughs> he was, he was not. <laughs> All right. Solid nine. Some of the both of us. Good fucking movie. Check it out. Well, you know what they're doing? This Real quick. I think they're spending all their money on Hemsworth and these action scenes because yeah. the first movie is like a bunch of um, unknown Bangladesh actors and actresses. I love them. They were great. And then this one, it's a bunch of Georgians. Georgians. Like, yeah. I think what they're going to do is they're going to keep going to these countries that are yeah. not always featured in these action movies yeah. and be like, hey, hey, all you local talent, do you want to get put in this movie and get killed by Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, we'll give you a platform to be famous. Next one, they're going to Bolivia for sure. No. Uh, what's an unknown? They should go to like Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> <laughs> Gia, how about Guiana? Guiana yeah, go to, go Gia- to French Guiana. Nobody Let's goes see. to Guiana. My uncle yeah. lives there. Your uncle? Yeah. Uh, Extraction 3. What is it? It's been confirmed by Netflix. I think that's all we yeah. have. So In development. Yeah. So, yeah. Make, maybe Tolerate can be a thing. We'll see. I don't know, but I, what, what definitely a thing was that fucking one shot. Uh yes, it was great. Okay, let's do some news from the nation. Anthony, I'm gonna need you to do the sound effects. There we go. It's hot. Rugs part from mm-hmm. the nation. It's time for news from the nation. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Oh, that person needs oh, to man. go see a doctor. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I had to. Uh, oh, you okay there? I have to check my pants. Did you hurt yourself? <laughs> I think I got a, uh, what is it, a hemorrhoid after that. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, God. Get some preparation age. Put some gold bond on I'm it. I'm going to shove some gold bond up my ass <laughs> after we're done. Ooh. All right. Okay. We're, I think okay, we're good. Take a breath here. We'll, uh, oh. Fuck you! You we rest- rug boy anymore. We got me. <laughs> we got everything. That was painful. Uh, I got some comments from our group members about our action movie tournament. If you haven't oh, checked it out, it. last week we did the 21st century action movie tournament, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Blake Braden says, "Okay, ten picks in, and I'm about <laughs> ready to riot. I'm not sure if I can finish the pod." LOL. Oh shit! Wow, got controversial. Blake, Blake, I'd like to hear of those. What What was the one that was you were going to riot for? Which one was the one that's pushed you over the top? It might be this one because Jamie Robinson commented on that, saying, "Choosing a bunch of oversized water Smurfs over It Man in an action film bracket <laughs> is just a disgusting <laughs> misuse of power." Well, it may be, but then this is our tournament. That's what happened. That was that was a that was an interesting call. I mean. Yeah, that was that, in an action movie tournament. That was tough. It was hey, it was Ruggs. He's the one who gave it to it, and uh, it was, he had good reason. Dion Robertson says Ungbok over Kill Bill hurts. Yeah, that's a tough. That, that was, was another a tough one. That was another. That was tough a tough one. one. I I like Ungbok. That was tough. That was yeah, tough to see. I know it was a good matchup, but I mean, Kill Bill is a better movie. Those are better movies. I, I, yeah, but I see what the point. I see yes. that was tough. That was hard because he's the originator. He's the OGs, the Tony Jove and all. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, I mean, the impact kill Bill. Yes. wanted to. Yeah. But, you know, dealing with some action snobs. What happened? <laughs> Adam Morris said, great episode, boys, and a surprising but fair turnout, I think. He liked the okay. turnout. Yeah. And Brian Goff just said, fantastic episode. Well, so thank you. Thank people you. People loved it, and they were, and I think we got a lot, a lot of visceral reactions. It was great. It's a good listen. Rugs every time uh, his painful fucking outbursts are the best. 
Oh, the, when he ever, whenever he would yell, <laughs> "Oh my god!" <laughs> that and him asking if Jet Li was still alive. <laughs> Jet has also right. Is he diet? What? Is Jet Li still alive? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, let's finish with some. Uh, what are we watching, Anthony? You watch anything else fun? No, I had to catch up on the two Secret Invasions and Extraction mm-hmm, 2, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I did not get to watch anything else, but um, I might try to pop in some, some action movies this week just for fun. Right? I've, I like I got in a, a rhythm of watching these, and I'm like, I got to watch an action movie a week now, just because yeah. just it's fun. It is fun. When you, when you get a good one, it is fun. Uh, yes, it is. And did we get a good one? Here's what I watched. Like I said earlier, tell us about this. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You you can pay us and get his instant reaction, but now he's going to give us his delayed reaction. I'll give you the quick delayed reaction. Of course, this is the swan song for this character, Harrison Ford, 80 years old. It's the first film that is not directed by Steven Spielberg or has any George Lucas. It is James Mangold. And going into this, I don't know why. I wanted to see it to see if we're going to review it. I wanted to see it because I remember seeing uh, Temple of Doom in the theater when I was a kid and falling in love with Indiana Jones. The first three movies are great. Then you get the fourth one. Not so great. And then a lot of time passes. And I wanted a nice swan song for Indy. So overall, what did I think? It was just okay. It was just okay. It was a little disappointing. Hmm. The best things, the best things was seeing Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones was great. Seeing him as an 80 year old Indiana Jones, maybe not so great, but back on the screen, the music, the score, I thought it was great to hear this music again. And just the fact that there's Indiana Jones in the theater in 2023, I was like, I gotta be there. But, and they hit, they hit all the bits. They give you, the the greatest hits from kind of the first three movies. It's kind of like a Force Awakens. There's a lot of nostalgia. Uh, in the beginning, it starts with an extended de-aged 25-minute uh, action scene on a train with a de-aged Harrison Ford. The de-aging looked okay for the most part, but then when he talks, it's like old Harrison Ford voice. It kind of like takes you <laughs> out of it. And some of and like he's doing... The thing is, with this whole movie, you know he's 80 years old. He's on a horse. He's on a train. He's under, They go underwater. There's so many set pieces for some reason. I'll try, uh, there might be some spoilers. Hold on. Let me do this. Spoiler alert. The thing is, in the first three movies, like you, you knew Harrison Ford did a lot of his stunts, and it felt real. It felt like he's hanging on the side of this tank. It felt like he's actually swinging and writing these, and doing these things. And in this one, you just feel like he's 80 years old. There's no way. It's all green screen. It's not going to happen. I mean, he's in the subway on a horse being chased by a train. It's crazy. So it felt kind of like uh, soulless, I guess is the word. I mean, there's yeah. nothing wrong with the movie. Like Mangold is great at the gritty stuff like Logan and Ford versus Ferrari. Now, I don't know if he was the best choice for this because every Indiana Jones has an air of fantasy and some supernatural thing. And it just felt like they were going through the motions and they were they did shit like, oh, I remember they did that in the third movie. Oh, that's from that movie. And it was great to see, but I don't know. It wasn't okay. And the way it ends, oh my God, that, that does a crazy thing at the end. It's almost as bad as the aliens at the end of Crystal Skull. I don't want to spoil it if anybody hasn't seen it, um, but it's a crazy ending and they don't, they, it was, I don't know. It was just okay. It was <laughs> just Okay. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, currently, it is sitting at 68%, 6.4 out of 10, tomato meter, 88% audience. 
Also, box office wise, this movie was made for like three hundred fucking million dollars. I'm like, you didn't need to make a three hundred million dollar Indiana Jones movie. What are you doing? It only made sixty million dollars opening weekend, and it's only sitting at like hundred thirty worldwide. Same numbers as the Flash. What is it? It's one fifty now. One fifty. Yeah, made um eighty two in the U. Oh, eighty two in Can- U.S. and Canada. Sorry, so one fifty total. Similar. It just performed a little bit above the Flash, but another kind of box office letdown. I don't know what's happening with movies. There's been a bunch of flops, and this is like another big flop. So yeah, it's not good for movies. But I, I think I'm reading here the the majority of the opening weekend audience was over 35. Oh, so you're not so, really hitting a young crowd with this, and you you can't walk into this movie like you have to know all the Indiana Jones movies too. It's not an entry point into Indiana Jones, that's for sure. Yeah, and you got to be an indie fan, and um. It's just tough because I think a lot of what Indiana, what made Indiana Jones is, you know, it's this adventure with this guy, Harrison yeah. Ford, and he's doing all these things. And, you know, he's on a, on a, in the first one, he's literally hanging from a side of a car and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And it's just tough when the guy's, you know, in his 80s and he looks like he's in his 80s. It's, yeah. like, it's just not as believable. And, and I haven't seen the movie, but I knew this was going to be something hard to get over is just. This is a really old man. Yeah. And okay. So wait, a couple other things. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's okay as the goddaughter. They do an interesting thing where she's like not exactly on his side. She just wants to cash out. They have a little bit of chemistry. It is fucking long. It's two and a half hours long. It does not need to be fucking two and a half hours. I There were parts. I, I'm not. I was bored. There's parts mm. where I was bored. And at that moment, I was like, There's, I can't. We can't review this. I can't have Anthony watch it. You are not going to care one fuck all about anything that happens to this Indiana Jones if you not didn't grow up with the Indiana Jones or whatever, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna say something blasphemous. I've seen I saw one of the other ones, but I definitely saw the first one to prep for eighties one. Yeah. And uh I just thought it was all right. Dude, Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark is the best one out of all of them. That's if the I, first one, right? That's the first one. If I had to yeah. rank them, like Temple of Doom is my favorite only because I was a kid when I watched it, but as far mm-hmm. as quality movies Raiders of the Ark is the best one. Number two, I would put the third one, Last Crusade, which mm. ironically is the perfect fucking ending for this Indiana Jones trilogy. Like you didn't need to make another movie after that. It ends great and it closes it out and it's satisfying. Then Temple of Doom, I would put three. Then this one, Dial of Destiny at four and Crystal Skull. Nothing is as bad as a Shia LaBeouf swinging through the trees with monkeys. Uh, that's it, that's <laughs> happens. It happens in that movie. He swings like monkeys through vo- It just makes no sense. And then there's like fucking aliens. It's not good. So it's not as bad as uh, uh, Crystal Skull, but it's not one of the, the great ones. Maybe if I watch it again, it'll spark something. I just, it didn't have that magic. Mm. Didn't have that spark. That's first three movies had. Yeah. And it's just I, time. It's just time. It's, yeah, it's probably, it's been time. And Spielberg, Spielberg did the fourth one and that one wasn't good. Yes, he did do the fourth one, and somehow that script came out all wonky. Um, but, yeah, I appreciated the callbacks and the cameos, and fucking uh, Antonio Banderas is in this movie for, like, four minutes for some reason. Did they set it up in any way that they can continue this? Technically, sort of, yes. Okay. The thing, I don't want to spoil the end, but... Okay. Yeah, he kind of leaves it ambiguous, but he I he just needs to rest. So the one good, the one kind of the great thing that they did in this is 
the majority of it takes place, you know, the Indiana Jones movies takes place in the 30s and 40s, like pre-World mm-hmm. War, World War II. This one, the present time is 69. It's the Apollo 11 had just uh, landed or went into space, landed on the moon. There's a ticker tape parade. But when it, it does that flashback in 44 at the end of World War II, and when it cuts to 69, we see poor Indiana alone and like with not a lot of money, no fame, all that tra- traversing the world and adventure got him jack shit. No fame. Oh, okay. No fortune. It's kind of sad. They made him a sad character, which they kind of did. Lucasfilm and uh, Kathleen Kennedy, they did that with Luke Skywalker kind of in uh, Last Jedi, right? Made him a bitter old man. They kind of make him... But it's, it cuts with um, uh, the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour playing, and you suddenly realize, like, holy shit, at this point, like, rock and roll would have been the annoying music to him, and it would have been new, and there's war, war protests and hippies, and this is like a whole different world. I wish they had dealt a little bit more with that, but they didn't. But I thought that was an interesting angle. But it's just okay. Like, if you're a hardcore Indiana Jones fan, go see it. It's fucking long, I guess, but mm. it just didn't have the spark. It was kind of boring. Side note, speaking of Raiders of the Lost Ark, I forgot to plug. I made a guest appearance on another podcast. It's called oh, the, the TV. Are you cheating on us again? I am cheating on you guys. Oh, oh I went on. Uh, no, this guy, Brian Sheehan, he's a really nice dude. He has this. It's a PG podcast, TV and movie trivia. It's the second time I've been on. The first time I did Iron Man as he started his journey through the MCU. And for this one, to get hype for Indiana Jones, I did trivia for Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's episode 143 of TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. I will put the link in the show notes. Go listen to it. It's a fun listen. Look at you. So, Spreading yeah, your wings. I, I, and I'm sparing you watching Indiana Jones. Oh, thank you. you I appreciate it. You fucking that. hate me, and I, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> we don't have to review. <laughs> uh, a couple other things I, I want to mention real quick. Uh, Superman and Lois, season three has ended. They aired the finale. Wow, what a show. Spoiler, slight spoiler alerts. If you're going to watch this, spoiler alert. We have another version of Lex Luthor and another version of Doomsday taking on Superman as this season ends. You know who's playing Lex Luthor? Who? Michael Cudlitz. You may remember him as Abraham from The Walking Dead. Remember Abraham? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big dude, red hair, beard. He's playing him with like a big beard and he's bald. And it's, it's not bad. He's kind of intimidating. In the show, at the end, there's a bizarro Superman who's there, who's there the season before, and uh, Luthor turns bizarro Superman into fucking Doomsday. And they have this fucking brawl in the season finale that's pretty dope. It goes, They go to the fucking moon. They're destroying things. It's a really good Doomsday battle. Dare I say, even better, possibly, the Batman versus Superman. Uh, so that was fun to watch. Um, also... They gave Lois Lane a double mastectomy with that breast cancer storyline. I was like, I was like, wow, you're going all in. They really went all in. They went all in and had to do the surgery. And then there's like a whole scene where they she's ready to have sex again with Clark. And and there's like a little lovey, lovey. I was like, wow, she has no boobs. Yes, because she was afraid of showing. And she's like, "Okay, Clark, I'm ready. I'm comfortable. I was like, wow, that's intense. It's fucking it's crazy. They give her cancer. They give her double mastectomy. I can't believe it. Here's the kicker of this whole thing. This All the CW shows have been canceled. Gotham Knights had that one season. They did a Harvey Dent canceled. Flash, Arrowverse, all that shit canceled. This was the last remaining show, and it was on the bubble. It is getting renewed for a fourth season, but there is a but. They are cutting 
all the extra supporting characters have been cut from the show. They're Ooh. not regulars anymore. So they were setting up storylines with John Henry, with Lana Lang and her husband and her daughter, uh, General Lane, Lois's father. All these storylines, this girl, that reporter, the, all those people have been cut for season four. So, And it ends with mid-battle with Superman and Doomsday still fighting. Like in front of the moon, it's it's fucking dope. But I don't know how they're going to explain all these people that are going to be there when the show comes back. So there, I mean, CW was sold to Next Star. They're trying to reduce costs. They're probably going to cut the budget of the show. They cut all the extra characters. It will have a fourth season. I'll be there. It's a fucking great show. I really love this Superman and Lois. Well, yeah, I've heard it's good. I've heard good things. And then one last show that you might be interested to uh, check out. Speaking of Idris Alba, he has a new show on Apple TV Plus. It's called Hijack, and it is a seven-episode, seven-hour uh, episode series about Idris Elba on a plane that gets hijacked. Here's what I love. They're doing the thing that I loved about the show 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. Every season was 24 episodes, one hour, real time, one crazy day in the life of Jack Bauer where he never went to the bathroom or ate any fucking food or drank water. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. We're watching every minute of this guy's life. But this seven episodes, he is on a seven-hour flight from Dubai to Heathrow, London. And in the first hour, the hijack starts. So every episode, there's only two out. They come out weekly. Every episode is an hour in real time on this hijack plane. He's a, he plays a negotiator. So he's a guy that comes in when deals fall apart, gets people to come together. And there's people on the ground and stuff, but it's pretty good. Like the first episode is tense as fuck. And Idris Alba is just cool, man. He's just like a cool dude that uh, he is a cool guy. Fuck shit up. So if anybody likes that kind of stuff, hijack stuff, it's called it's just called hijack. Apple TV Plus. Look at you. Just watching everything. Oh my god, there's so many things. I finished uh Black Mirror season five, five episodes. Fantastic. My favorite still has to be Joan is awful, but Demon 79 was good. Uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is really good. That's come back. I got to finish Silo. Oh, my, my God. God. Is How it? Do you have all the time? That, you don't, do you go outside? You don't. That's no, I don't. You don't it's outside. because it's hot in the sun out there and I get burned. <laughs> there's bees. There's fucking bugs and ants and beads and shit. I get burned. I want to do that. Uh, is it Cake 2? Second season of that show. Is it Cake? Which is amazing. Uh, is on. So there's lots to watch. Anyways, that's all. Secret Invasion continuing. Okay. Anything else, Anthony? Final words. Um. Well, it's after the fourth, so hopefully you're all, you guys are all still around and have all your hands and, and fingers limbs still intact. Yeah, uh, because uh, <laughs> that a lot of people blow their hands off their yes bodies. Hopefully, you don't use, do that. Yes, use fire safety. Yeah, that's all uh, I got. Uh, that's it. Be good to each other, listener. Uh, all be the links can be other. found on our website. Check out the show notes, episode description. And most importantly, share the show, spread the geekery, send it to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. I fucking loved it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. 